the half glass story. Sure. I, I, I just think to myself, it encapsulates everything that you've just said. Now, very few people would have heard this story here in Australia, New Zealand. I heard no, it this no. morning as I was driving. So over to you, explain the story. It's cute. I'll use this because it happens not to be a half glass. Let's pretend, Tom, that I own Jay Abraham's water shop and in it was a water bar. And you came in and you asked to buy a half a glass of water. If I took your money without first advising you that you needed seven and a half additional glasses every day to support your mental acuity, to reduce your stress, to make you operate at optimal, to make your cellular structure work, your digestive, your, your, uh, you know, your uh, elimination system. And I didn't do everything in my power to make sure first that you were aware and you consciously knew and that I felt like I gave you the best reasoned advice. And only then if you declined to have eight, eight glasses, I took your money, I would be stealing from you. Conversely, if you bought eight glasses today, but you only did it every other day and I allowed you to do that without alerting you, advising you, apprising you that you needed eight every day and that I'd hope you would buy them from me, but as long as you bought them from somebody, I was happy, but I couldn't live with myself without you knowing this need. If that knowledge notwithstanding, you opted not to do so, at least my moral conscience is clear. In, in preeminence, you have this moral obligation to tell your client what you believe is in their best interest. And it may not be to buy a house they want. It may not be to take a very high interest variable mortgage. It may not be to buy a house that needs a lot of maintenance or a house that maybe has uh, a lot of years on it and needs uh, and could need a new roof for 30,000 and this, if you know the client will be tapped out just getting a mortgage, you have a moral responsibility to honestly apprise them. Even if you don't get the transaction, if you want to have integrity with yourself. Okay. That's gold. That's gold. And I have to say to you, I already have used a sentence um, that I heard you say on against some content i used it this morning jay and i have to tell you it changed the context of the conversation i'll give you the sentence someone asked me to go speak at a conference um in another part of australia and the only question they sort of said is mate can you tell me what the deal is and um, i said what do you mean he goes so what's the fee and i said to him jay look my wish for you is to have your best annual conference out and the attendees that come along give it a 10 out of 10 rating and your boss, this was a HR person, and your boss says you pulled off the best conference of your life. That's my wish for you. So to help me understand what problems need to be solved at this conference, can I ask you a few questions? I asked her a few questions. One of the questions is, if it ended up being the best conference you've ever held, 
uh, what are three of the things that would have got solved? And she came through and she said, one of our problems is our people are sitting behind computers and just sending emails and they've stopped making phone calls, right? Another second thing is that they do is that um, they've moved away from our process and they're just doing ad hoc stuff. And then I think the third thing she turned around, she says, oh, they are no longer... Um, they're expecting us to bring all the leads, but they don't realise that they are, in fact, the brand and the audience developer. So I pretty much uh, summarised it and said, I'll cover this. And um, do you think if all this was covered, that it would be a great conference? And she turned around, Jay, and she said, if that happened, that would be fantastic. And then she goes, can I ask you, how much do you charge? She goes, wow. She goes, that was more than we budgeted for, but I think you've sort of worked out what we need. Let me come back to you. Now, Jay, she hasn't come back to me yet. It's only an hour ago, but I'm very certain if I'd given her my fee without that conversation, I had just gone dead in the commodity dungeon, you know, and that's it. No, that's the essence. You just nailed it. But I mean, that's the difference between being mediocrity and making millions more in a life. It's a difference between being a commodity and a proprietary. It's a difference between basically being out of control or being in control is understanding. And it's not even manipulative stuff. It's, it's all driven by a, a much more rarefied and elevated strata of intention. Okay. The term strategic alliances could you elaborate more on that? And in the context of real estate agents that, you know, need to get referrals, both buyer, but more important people thinking of selling referrals. Could you touch on that? Well, I mean, uh, I'll tell you what, let me start with a, 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 a very, a profoundly shocking realization. Uh, a majority of people in real estate either do or should generate a significant portion of their business. It's given you a test drive of Real Estate Gym. Let me tell you, if you're a subscriber and a member of the gym, you'll be getting videos from our co-coaches all the time. You'll be getting mentors, you'll be getting scripts, you'll be getting dialogues, you'll be getting templates, and most importantly, my prospector, your personal accountability system to make more calls, get more appointments, get more listings. From around $10 per week, realestategym.com.au, your personal coach.